For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know, this is, uh, it's under 330. It's about 310 remaining in the fourth quarter. And the punt is off. And here goes what's the, the scariest sight for the, uh, Jet, for the Jackson State Tigers. Williams takes the punt back. It's a touchdown for Jaguars. They're now up by three. And I tell you, what happened then, we did maintain possession. This is where you got to hold on to the football. You got to treat it like it's your baby. 41 seconds. The handoff. Lee. Lee is in. Touchdown, Jackson State. Oh, yes, indeed. Like the call. Straight up the gut. Lee's a little fellow. It's first and 10. And the Southern Jaguar offense, led by the quarterback, McGinty. Jeremiah McGinty, who has had a pretty good game. Four wideouts and one running back. McGinty, quick throw, slant. And the slant is complete. And Quad Hawks is chasing the runner, and he scores a touchdown for the Southern Jaguars. 19 seconds to go. The Jaguars take back the lead from the Tigers. to 45. Southern Jaguars have scored 45 points against a defense that has averaged an allowance of 18 points per game. Same formation. Terrio. Throws it. Wilder. Wilder. Wilder scores a touchdown. Are you kidding me? You've got to be kidding me. Less than 29 seconds, we've had two offensive scores. I can't believe it. I don't, I don't know if my heart can take this. This is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> what is going on? Tiger fans, welcome to episode 18 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I'm your host, the Corey C., along with the co-host, Charles Bishop. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast, Apple users rate and review the show, and everyone follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Joining us today is beloved former Jackson State University quarterback, Mr. Casey Terrio. Welcome to the show, Casey. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here, guys. I'm glad to talk it up with some, uh, with some, with some Jackson State people again. It's been a while for me. Absolutely. The I love. So 
Uh, Casey, we, we know, you know, with you being from Michigan, you played football, of course, at Jackson State in Mississippi. Can you kind of take us back to that time when you were becoming acclimated to Mississippi when you first moved down there, just getting adapted to, you know, Jackson State and the, the HBCU environment? What was that like for you? Was it an adjustment period? Was it a culture shock? How, how was that? Yeah, I guess it was a little bit of everything. I guess the only thing that I had uh, <clears throat> that I that I knew was familiar was football. But for me, that didn't start until months after I got there. You know, it was a it was a huge acclimation period for me just because I was there for summer school and there's not a lot going on. You know, there's not a lot of student body and it's kind of just like finding my way back into this into this realm of 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 am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be successful? And it's all these things that kind of had this, you know, I was I was feared to be a failure still, you know, I was still coming just out of that situation from, from what I got into from Grand Rapids and being declined by so many schools. And it just really takes a, you know, it really took a shot at my, at my confidence level. And then I'm going to a place that was so much different for me. um, When football was the only thing that, that I had to kind of latch onto. And obviously playing, playing football, it was like, you always have a, a, a diverse team and a diverse group of people and different people from walks of life, especially playing Juco football. But again, it's not a, I've never been to a place where it's very relatable for, for a lot of people who are, who are not white to be in a place where you're suddenly the, the, the minority in that situation. And that mm-hmm. was the culture shock for me. And it was just, you know, being at home, even commercials on TV, it's like, yeah, like it's usually all white people and the commercials, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like the billboards, everything Uh is usually advertised that way. So for me now, it's like, it's a completely flip of the script. And, um, you know, just every day hearing a different accent, that was even, Uh you know, that was even a period for me too. It's not like I spent a lot of time in the South. It was just, um, yeah, it was just just a period where I, I was getting over my, my insecurities from coming from what I was coming out of to try to really to be like, yo, by the way, I'm Casey Terrio and I'm trying to be the best quarterback to ever play here. And that was just a lot for me to carry in the first couple months. Wow. That's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, uh, Casey, let me ask this question. Like what are some of your fondest memories of, of not only playing for Jackson state, but, but also just being a, a student in the campus life at Jackson state. Uh, man, there's so many. Um, just like, you know, it's all it's all just really good memories. I, I think, you know, Friday when everyone's when everyone's out, you know, outside on campus and just walking, you know, wa- just walking back and forth. And, you know, music's playing, you know, people are stepping and it's like it's, <laughs> it, it's just fun. You know, it, 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 it was just a, it was just a fun time. It's just good memories being up in all my teammates dorms and, you know, coming over to my apartment with no matter what we were doing. It, it, it's just all good memories walking into the cafeteria and everyone just kind of being obnoxious, giving each other shit. Like, like, Oh yo, Casey Terrio, number 11. And it's like, yo, it's so unnecessary, but you know, <laughs> looking back, looking back, it's just, it's just funny. Cause you know, you're really living in the moment. And um, yeah, just like, just like the people I met, you know, like my best friend today is, is still Randy Rollins. And it's like, you wow. know, wow. without any of these awesome. situations, it's just, you know, obviously that that never would have happened. That's awesome. Exactly. 
Uh, Casey, tell us something that you really loved about Jackson State that, that you probably didn't expect before you got there. Now, I know you hadn't been, you know, hadn't bitten before, so you didn't know what to expect. But what kind of surprised you when you got there and made you say, wow, I really loved it? Uh, I, I would just say the openness of the community. You know, I mean, I know, you know, like if I would have, you know, I'm not like blind to the fact that if I would have came there and I would have been horrible and I would have went one in 10, you know, it, it wouldn't have been the same story for me. But that's that's also the pressure that I accepted when I said, yo, I'm going to Jackson State that I know I'm, I'm becoming aware of their tradition. I'm becoming aware of what I need to do in order to get this kind of reception. I, I know who I am in my circumstances. I know a lot of people might not be happy right away that I'm just coming this eight, this so on so troubled kid from Michigan white going to come and just take over the face of the program. Like that's not going to be a thing that's going to happen easily. And, um, and obviously when I said yes to the scholarship offer, I, I accepted all those challenges and that was, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's probably it for me. Right. Wow. Now, now, from a football standpoint, you were handed the keys to the offense right away. And you had a plethora of weapons from Rico Richardson, who went on to play in the NFL, Marcellus Wilder, an awesome wide receiver. And, of course, you mentioned Rennie Rollins, an amazing tight end. What was it like leading such an explosive offense? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, Aunt Mays and Keenan Tillman, you know, and EJ Drury and – you know, Rico and Rennie and, and, and Cello, you know, like everybody told me, yo, I promise if you come here, all we need is is that spark at quarterback. We have the receivers. We have a great defense. We have an offensive line, you know, like you might have to make some things happen. And like they were just talking to me like this is how I play. Like I just if something's not there, I will make something happen. I, I run around. I play like my hair's on fire. Like if you guys can do that with me. I was kind of giving the keys to the offense just because that was a thing and it just blended with really how the swag football is. And, and I, I just fit well in, in, in that system. And, you know, through camp, I just, you know, like a lot of people watch other quarterbacks and a lot of people, other quarterbacks like to critique what this kid's doing and, and, and how I can do it better than him, which is what I do, but it's also, how can I beat the defense? And this is, um, this is something that just, that just kind of stuck out to Coach Wilson, the offensive coordinator at the time, and and I just did things right away, and I decided on my own, this play is going to work better than the one I got from the sideline, and then it was the same thing he was thinking. He just couldn't change it with only four seconds left on the on the <laughs> clock. So, <laughs> so the, it just kind of worked, and he said, you know, eventually I just want to give you a formation, and, you know, mm-hmm. I want you to con- continually just kind of call him plays as we're marching down the field. Wow. Uh, and, and let me follow up on that because you talked about some some tiger grace there, but uh, talk about the the players that you played with uh, and and how they impacted you there uh, 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 in terms of your time there at Jackson State. Oh, a lot. I mean, um, you know, Keenan Keenan Tillman and um, you know um, Mario um, and Cello, man, and 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 Rennie's a lot like me. You know, it, it's very like. You know, be kind of led until you're able to lead, you know, and I, I just kind of jumped on the coattails of, of, of these older guys who were who were had reputations and better players. Um, you know, for me, Rico was still really young. I don't mm-hmm. even know how many catches he had the year. I think he was only a redshirt freshman the year before I got there. So Rico was still a sophomore when I got there. And a lot of people were kind of like, oh, yeah, Rico's good. But nobody really knew. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, yeah. 
And I think I think that first Southern game, everyone was kind of like, okay, wow, like Rico <laughs> just went for 200 yards and three touchdowns and caught the game winner. Like, yeah, you know, you know, this kid can play football. So that for me was the turning point. I think Rico only had like two catches up to that point, and that was like the fifth game of the season. So I didn't even know how good he was. Um, but yeah, me and him formed a great relationship on the field, and then obviously. Rennie was always my easiest target. I mean, oh, it's yeah. not it's not hard to throw to somebody who's 6'3", 260 that can, you know, run run a four six. Right. So, you know, that was easy <laughs> for me. <laughs> and uh yeah, just those guys, I just kinda jumped on Keenan's coattails and you know, he was kinda like the leader and he he I, I just kinda learned from him like how to how to come from a different state, from a different place and just kinda acclimate fast and acclimate in a leader standpoint and Obviously, within a couple of weeks, I was voted team captain. And once again, that was a big turning point for me going into my first season. Now, Casey, let me ask you, uh, October 16th, 2010, uh, you know, a, a lot of Jackson State fans, uh, they, they rank this game as number one in terms of one of the greatest games in modern Jackson State history. But, you know, take us through your recollection of the final three minutes and, and 20 seconds of this Jackson State versus Southern game where there were four lead changes in the last three minutes and 20 seconds of the game. Yeah, that was uh... – yeah, so this is, uh, th- you know, this is one of those games where you go down and score and you're like, you're like, okay, I did my job. Like, you know, like, like that was it. That, that was the game-winning touchdown. That was the game-winning field goal. And then the team comes and scores again. And then you're like, all right, you know, like, let's, fi- let's figure this out. Let's go down and score again. And then we can seal the game. We go down, we score again, big moment. Everyone goes crazy and it's like, we're feeling great about ourselves. Like we're on the sideline. I'm feeling great. We're slapping hands, you know, like game's over. Of course they come down and score again and shit hits the fan. People are, <laughs> people are throwing headsets. People are leaving. Helmets are flying. People are on their backs crying. And um, it, it, it came to be one of those things that it was like, it was almost like I'm watching, I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, we did this twice already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, like, what's the worst that can happen? It's not my fault. It's not the offense's fault if we lose the game. Like, come on, you know, like, we come down, score. Like, so at, at that point, there was no pressure on the offense. For me, I was kind of relieved of all pressure in that situation, even though it seems like, yo, you still got to win this game. Yeah, but I was kind of pressureless as far as it's our job to win this game because we just did it twice, and that's not acceptable with what just happened. So... You know, coaches are obviously not not in the moment so far as like, yo, we only got 15 seconds to figure out what we're going to do. So, I, so you know, I kind of say like, don't worry, coach, I got this. But I didn't mean like I don't need advice or like I, I don't need consulting. I, I, I meant like, hey, like I got this. I think we're in control. Like I think we have a good feeling on our offense that like we've done our job and what's the worst that can happen? Let's try to go make a couple big plays and – and, uh, you know, maybe get a touchdown out of it. You know, uh, no, I, I don't think any, any of us really thought we were going to go 60-some-odd yards in 16 seconds and, and, <laughs> and, and score a touchdown. It was just kind of one of those things that we just said, all right, you know, fuck it, let's just go see what can happen. Okay, so let, let, uh, let me follow up on something, because there was one throw, uh, and it was before the game winner, where you found Richie Rollins in the scene, and you threw a frozen rope where he had gotten beyond the linebackers, he was in front of the safeties, and you seemed to find him in the same. Kind of, you know, walk us through that one, because that was like the play that set up the play. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that was just something, I mean, it's not like I, it's not like I ever had a play where I'm, where, where I made my decision before I said hut, but you know, in a Tampa two, it's really hard for a middle linebacker to, to get deep enough to cover a guy like Randy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just moving so fast. And then, you know, the guy turns his back. If I put the ball on the top of his head, nine times out of 10, you know, Randy's going to catch it. His ball skills are, are better than a middle linebacker. So, um, I just kind of recognized the Tampa two pretty quickly. And, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of made my mind up as soon as I seen it that Rennie was my guy. So I just try to put it on him. I'm also freaking out about the time. Like when you say hut and drop back, you really don't know if 40 seconds goes by or, or if a half a second goes by. So I just wanted to hit my drop and just put it on Rennie's face and kind of get him, get the ball in his hands and drop him on the ground as soon as I could. So obviously it worked out. Um, and that was kind of my thought process going into that. And, and the game winner was, it, it seemed like it was a back shoulder sort of pass to Rico. Yeah, it was a back shoulder. It, it, we we, we kind of slightly talked about it in the huddle. Obviously, we grouped back up to try to figure it out. And it was kind of the same plan, except I switched Mays and Rico to put Rico on the outside um, because Rico basically told me, hey, listen, this guy can't run with me. Just throw me the ball. So I said, all right, Mays, I want you inside. Obviously, they're going to be worried about Rennie a little bit. They're kind of going to shelter that side of the field. So, Mays, I want you to just attack the play side safety, and Rico hopefully it leaves you with a one-on-one. And the safety was so deep that if I would have put it in the air in the back of the end zone, the safety would have been there. So the best decision in my mind was to just kind of put it on the guy's momentum. Hopefully Rico could stop and catch it and get the extra yards. And obviously he did it. And yeah. Yeah, man, that was awesome. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was crazy. As obviously the, 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 like I, that was, that was the game for me that, uh, as well playing in was, was by far the craziest game that, that I, I've ever played. I mean, I've never scored three times to 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 basically win win, win a game, and right. um, in any other game in my life. <laughs> wow, man, those are some great memories. I mean, people still talk about that game today, man. But are there are there any other games or rivalries that kind of stand out to you from your time at Jackson State? Um. Well, I would say Alcorn, but we always beat them by like fifty points. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Southern Southern was probably um, Southern was, was was definitely my my most in, intense rivalry. I would say Tennessee State was um, right. what, wow. Th- those games were incredible. Obviously, nail biters. I threw a game winning touchdown, and obviously our defense stepped up big in another game. Um, the Grambling games. Obviously, I, I I never beat Grambling. Those were always a a, a three point six point game. Mm-hmm. With, when I was there, Grambling was great those years, obviously. And, um, yeah, but, no, Southern and Tennessee State, obviously because coming out on the winning end, obviously I just, I'm just i just more attracted to, to those games. I'm, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, no, I mean, obviously Alcorn's a huge rivalry. I just I just ne- never – I just didn't get to see see that aspect of the rivalry because we always beat right. them so badly. Right. Definitely. Casey, you had an illustrious career at Jackson State. Uh, you threw for – over 7,000 yards, 58 touchdowns, rushed for 19 more touchdowns. You went 8-3 in 2010. You went 9-2 and two in 2011. Now, I know you're aware of just the, the history and tradition uh, of Jackson State as far as the players who have, have come through 1400 Lynch Street, but how would you characterize your legacy in JSU football lore? Because your name is often associated with some of the, you know, some of the best to ever put on a JSU uniform. 
Yeah, I mean, no, that's great. Obviously, um, I'm I'm always I'm always humbled and and I, I I find it amazing that that people bring me up in that conversation and um, you know I, I just look back on my journey to that point and you know I mean it's it, I I wouldn't trade it for anything you know if I could go back and, and given the opportunity to to choose a school of my liking you know that 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 whole my whole experience with Jackson State and my time playing football there and the people I met and the things I learned, you know, like those are priceless moments for me. And um, yeah, being named along the greats, especially in the ranks of quarterbacks and all time players, like it's phenomenal. Obviously that's what I set out to, to be as a football player, no matter if I'm at Jackson state or just in high school, like it was always to be the best. It was always to have people saying no one has been better than him. Um, So to do it there, obviously, means a lot more than anywhere else I've done it just because of the history and how much people care, you know, and how much football means. Like I embodied that when I went there and I would like to say, you know, I definitely um, expressed that when I played. No doubt about it. Okay. So let me ask this question, you know, coach Rick Comagy, he's such a, a beloved figure in, in Jackson state lore. Gotta talk a little bit about what it was like to play for coach Rick Comagy. Um, I love, I love Kamaji. I, there's, there's, you know, there's so many things that as an offensive player, um, you, you don't have a lot of time with coach Kamaji just because he's such a defensive guy that, um, that on the offensive side, you don't, you know, th- th- there's not a lot of time that you get to spend with him and talk to him and watch film. But, you know, just as a football player in general, that's kind of what your conversations are. And um, it's it's refreshing. He, you know, he he gave me some of the best advice um, that I had playing for him. It, it was it was it was my my senior year, and it was just you know I think he saw me a little too wound up, and 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 like I wasn't enjoying myself more. So I was on a mission to continue to prove myself, and he just called me in front of the bus. And this is kind of you know the guy he is, just kind of always watching from afar, even if you don't speak to him. He notices and he's he's making sure you're in the right space and just happy. And he pulls me aside and he goes, hey, Casey, uh, you know, I just want you to relax. I, I want you to remember why you play this game. You play this game when you're five years old because you love the game of football. You enjoyed it. So tonight, just go out and play and just play it because you love playing football, not because you're trying to be the best or trying to go to the NFL or because, you know, you, you feel pressure from other people. Just enjoy the game and, and go play it. And, to this day, that's one of the, you know, just that perspective to kind of step back from myself and say, wow, like, you're right. I, I play this game because I love it, not because I want to put all these pressure. No on doubt. Myself. That's awesome. That's great. You are listening to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. I am the Corey C, along with Charles Bishop and a special, special guest, Casey Terrio. Casey, now we talked about your success at Jackson State, but you also had a lot of success in the professional ranks as well. Talk about four German Bowl victories with the, with three MVPs and a Euro Bowl win as well. Another MVP. What was it like living and playing abroad and having so much success? Yeah, that was uh, that was an experience too. I mean, it still is an experience. Obviously, this is uh, this is this is a different type of experience and culture shock. But um, nonetheless, you know, uh, it's just like kind of this roller coaster ride of, of playing football in all these places that I kind of have to acclimate to and. Um, I think luckily for me, um, JSU was a thing that 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 prepared me for for this moment. And it um, 
it uh, yeah, it kind of bred me in a way to be successful in just very different circumstances. And uh, again, I have JSU to thank for that. And weathering that storm and being successful at doing it, it just like you know when I got to Germany, it was like yeah, okay, you know, it, it's different, you know, it's whatever. But um, the pressures really aren't there, and you know, it's it's uh, you know the the level of competition, the excitement, the hype. Um, it's 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 not equivalent. So to be successful there, I really just had to go out and just do what I do, and you know, be happy doing it. And that's kind of what led me to being successful, you know. And yeah, Casey, you know, when I was researching you, and you know, we kind of we came across these stats. You know, we talk about the fifty-eight touchdowns that you threw, but you also rushed for nineteen touchdowns. I was always curious: was there anyone that you kind of patterned your game after? Um. Good question. I mean, I like so many different quarterbacks growing up, but my favorite quarterback, um, I was a big Eagles fan, so I was obsessed with Donovan McNabb. Um, so, you know, I, I, I always watched Don. Obviously, like, I could I could never make the type of throws that he could make because his arm was ridiculously strong. But um, just kind of being, you know, being off balance, you know, like a Brett Favre, Donovan McNabb guy who could also run and just – get back up, you know, you get hit, some shit happens, you go wrong, you just kind of sling it around, but you somehow always find a way to just be successful. And I, you know, I guess that's the, the Brett Favre, like the throwing on different angles, like, you know, running when I need to, but doesn't look like you can really run that fast, but for some reason you can't get caught like an Aaron Rodgers type, you know, I, I, I don't know. Guys like that. Yeah, no but. doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Casey, can, can you kind of bring the fans up to speed on what, what are you up to nowadays and what would you say is next for Casey Terrio? Yeah, so no, I'm, I'm still playing football over in, uh, over in Germany. The, it, the, the league is the GFL, and um, obviously we're kind of on the fence because of the, this virus, you know, if sports will resume or if I'll end up playing this year. But, you know, if not, I'll just continue working out and, and hopefully play another year or two. Um, I, I want to finish my master's online um, and then eventually just get into coaching. And that's that's kind of like my end goal. You know, I, I definitely want to stay around football and I want to coach the game. And, um, you know, when I guess when time comes, that's something I definitely want. Well, you know, Casey, that leads me to my next question in terms of uh, you saying you want to <laughs> stay around coaching. Uh, would you, have, you know, give thought to coming back to Jackson State in some capacity? Absolutely. I mean, I give a lot of thought to that. It's just, it's just something that, something that I don't put a lot of thought to because I don't want to coach yet. It's just because I would rather play. So I think when that time comes, I'm, 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 I'm going to see, you know, where everything takes me. You know, I mean, I, you know, me for for me m- making plans in my life has never really worked out. I've just kind of on the spot yeah. been somewhere. So. I'm just going to go with the flow and uh, making plans, you know, it's kind of not my thing now. So I'm just going to keep playing and and hopefully finish my master's within the next 24 months. And then, um, you know, coaching for Jackson State would be uh, definitely something. Oh, man. Well, congratulations on working on that master's and and everything in your future endeavors. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, Casey, as I said earlier, you are a, a beloved figure. Uh, in the Jackson State community, fans just again they adore you, they love you dearly. So, can you let the fans know how they can follow you on social media? Yeah, so um, my Instagram is uh, at Casey Terrio, 
And then my Twitter is at Terry O'Casey. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't really have uh, YouTube or anything like that. So, yeah, just my Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, reach out anytime. I also have a Facebook page. I check uh, seldomly, but definitely like my Facebook page. I think it's just Casey Terrio. Um, and uh, send me a message on there. You know, I'm open to a conversation. I'm open to a good memory. <laughs> Anything that can remind me or you, that you can tell me I did something maybe I don't remember. And, uh, yeah, contact me anytime. All right, Casey. Well, we, uh, we no doubt about appreciate it. your time. Thank uh, you, Casey. No, no, I, I appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks, guys. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. Leave a question or a comment while you're at it, and we'll be sure to read it on air. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. It all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for the support. And on that note, go Tigers. Hashtag Pack the Vet. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.